What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz. And this is Brad Thomas. Here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book. You only need to ask one question. What's the spread? All right, welcome into a super wild card edition of What's the Spread? Miles Markowitz here. Mr. Brad Thomas. Yes, sir. A lot to talk about today. Before we get into a full weekend of the NFL playoffs, we've got to break down our national championship game. Give me your thoughts. Georgia gets it done 33-18 to over Alabama. Crazy night for college football. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, the game was interesting because it was Alabama's game up until Jamison Williams got hurt. And it's like the coaching staff or the players weren't ready to handle that adversity. And I think some of this, you know, for the longest, I was placing the ownership on Bill O'Brien. I do think Bill O'Brien is a terrible play caller. That's not going to change. But the ownership also is on Nick Saban. And why I say that? You have players like Ajay Hall, Billingsley, players like that who were asked to step up in a big way who haven't been getting a lot of playing time, young guys. And the reason they weren't getting a lot of playing, playing time not wasn't because they were young. It's because they were having they were, weren't following the Saban methods. There was something that he didn't like, so he would hold them out for multiple games at a time. And not saying that that's right or wrong, but when you have those kind of rules or that's how you do things, when it's time to thrust those young guys like a Jai Hall into the fire, they don't have that game experience because you were so hard off your rocker that when we were up 35 in a blowout game, you couldn't put a player like Hall in or Billingsley in. You think those players really care about playing in a game when we're up 35? You're punishing them to go into the game. You know, but that meaningful, that game time is meaningful to get quality reps. And I'm just a firm believer that, you know, when you are a tough coach like that, those are just some of the pills that you have to swallow. Just like when you play your star player on special teams. Yeah, I I mean, Saban and Bama could not afford to lose Jamison Williams in that game, hands down. Now, when it comes to the outcome of the game, seeing how it ended up going, I don't know if it really would have made a difference it seems like towards the end, uh, Georgia just their their depth uh, and their talent on defense really stood out. But Bryce Young not having his top playmaker was huge, and as you said, having a lot of inexperienced guys out there was tough. And it, it was weird. It was yeah, it, it, it showed. It uh, looked like a bunch of young guys. Like it, it, yeah. it looked like a bunch of young kids playing football. When even in like that's the SEC championship looked like men playing, but this looked like a bunch of freshmen, which which they were. And that's why I hope that people aren't being too hard on them. You know, like we weren't supposed to be here, but that's what also makes it hurt the most is that we were not supposed to be good and we defied the odds all season. And somehow we made it there with every anticipation to win. And Georgia was the better team. They might have been the better team all season and no, they deserved it. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was there was a couple things that I saw in this game and kind of going off of a lot of what I saw out of uh, respected, you know, college football analysts on Twitter yeah. uh, and also, you know, because they have a really good beat on the casuals. Everyone just kept saying during the first half, you know, it's boring. I can't believe we're watching Alabama and Georgia again. You know, I, 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 I can't believe it's SEC. And I, I could not have a, a, a disagreed more with that then and also now. The game evolved, right? Yes. This is a national championship game. It was a four-quarter game. And a lot of times, 
people will use like a boxing match, you know, as a comparison to a football game. But I think even more so in a national championship game, when it was 9-6, whatever it may be, that was just two boxers feeling each other out in yep. the ring. That was Nick Saban and, uh, you know, uh, Kirby going going back and forth, trying to figure out, okay, you know, what is the other bringing? And, you know, how can we take that ne- next step? And then once the game opened up, you know, that's when we, we really saw things take shape. Obviously, the, you know, Jamison Williams going down uh, hurt. Uh, that was, yeah. you know, that was a big momentum changer in the game. But, you know, Georgia really put their uh, foot down on defense. They they took advantage of it. I mean, it, you you heard from the coaches, you know, on, on the Georgia sideline after, you know, they they kept telling all their players, number one's down, number one's out. He's not a factor, you know. So, yeah. so now they're, they're, they're changing up their game. They can blitz you know, every single play. Right. Yeah. You don't have to account for him anymore. It, it, it's over. Blitz. Uh, Every you know, play. There was, right. There was, you know, at that point, there was nothing Bryce Young could do. Uh, but kind of a, from a more meta perspective, because Alabama and Georgia are going to be back in the playoff again next year. Yeah. Uh, you know, without even doing a season preview, I can already say Bama and Georgia will be in my top four next year. That's just kind of where we are in college football right now. Now, the other two spots in the college football playoff for next year are wide open. But Bama and Georgia are by far and above the two best programs in the country right now. Uh, and it's funny because uh, in years past, we were grouping together Bama, Ohio State, and Clemson with Georgia, you know, right behind. But Yeah, just, now it's Georgia up top. Yeah, there's no denying it now. Bama and Georgia are tier one, and, you know, then you can rank, you know, tier two and three ho- however you want to. Um, but going into next year, you know, it's going to be no surprise that we see those same two teams in the championship again. Yeah. But the entire college football season does not have to hinge on whether or not you enjoy the national championship. You and I talk yeah. about this all the time. There was so much more to college football. It's it's about the journey in college football more than the more than the destination. ESPN will because they cover the playoff and, be, and because they host it, they want you to believe that it's playoff or nothing. And yep. we've been guilty of saying that on this podcast as well. Uh and as an Ohio State fan and an Alabama fan, we feel that way. But I just don't want to forget everything that makes college football great. You know, it doesn't always – yes, we might see Alabama and Georgia play for another championship next year, but you got to enjoy the journey, um, you know, and and the small victories. But, <laughs> you know, it, it not, not to say that this, you know, uh, playing field can't even out. But yeah. at this point, man, like they're, they've got a hold on college football. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And you made a really good point about – all season long, there were so many little takeaways of things that made us smile, things that brought us joy from college football that create this entire college football spectrum that people really fail to realize. They go, oh, God, it's Alabama, Georgia. It's SEC, Alabama in the championship again. Like, think about the times where you get to see Matt, you get to see uh, Mackenzie Milton suit up, play college football again, like small victories that we have throughout the entire college football season that we have to hang our hats on as college football fans. And can't wait to get into our two early top 25. Uh, But for the next month, we have NFL action. Uh, It's one of the best times of the year. There's no doubt the college football season is behind us. And, you know, that is a sad thing, but Hey, it's football. We got super wild card weekend. We have three days of games that mean everything. And we're going to start it off with the division winner, Cincinnati Bengals at home facing off against the Las Vegas Raiders, who I don't think anybody expected to be here. No. I thought for sure that it would be the Chargers. And it, all, all these matchups should have been different. But this is what we're left with here. The Bengals are five and a half point favorites. This kicks everything off. 
I'm going to go ahead and start here, Brad, because I'm not going to take the Bengals. I'm going to take the Raiders here plus five and a half. Everything on the field is going to tell you to take the Bengals, but we are dealing with a Cincinnati Bengals franchise who have not been able to get over the hump in the playoffs. Their last seven playoff appearances, they are 0-6-1 against the spread. Now, that's just history. If we're looking at the field right now, obviously you're looking at Joe Burrow, who, you know, before sitting last week, he comes off two of the best performances that we've seen in the entire league, um, almost throwing for 1,000 yards uh, in those two games in big wins over the uh, Ravens and the Chiefs. Uh, and that's, that's what got the Bengals here. But there's just something about five and a half points that makes me nervous. And yes, I'm from Cincinnati and I am a Bengals fan. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I am feeling a Bengals three-point win in this one. Now, the Raiders, impressive in that in that Chargers game to get here. And they've been scrappy all year long. All year. This, all year. And they finished the season six and two against the spread uh, in their last eight as a road underdog. Uh, I think five and a half is too many, Brad. I think the Bengals get it done. I think they finally get their playoff win. It's going to be the first playoff win that I see in my lifetime. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's going to be by field goal. I wrote um, scrappy quarterback. I think Derek Carr is the reason this organization has been held together. If you think about all the organizations in football, none have gone through what the Raiders have gone through. They've gone through the John Gruden issues. They've gone through the death of one of their leaders of their franchises They've gone through tragedy and one of their players killing another person. They've gone through the allowing fans back into their new stadium for the first time. It takes a strong guy to keep all that together. I'm going to back the Raiders as well. Road dogs this season of five or five and a half points are nine and one against the spread. I like that. I think that the Raiders, like you said, are scrappy. Yeah. They do enough to keep, to keep them in a game. And I think that, this Raiders offense is the kind of offense that if you need to get scrappy points and, you know, since we were just talking about college football, it kind of reminds me of that Clemson team with Hunter Renfo. If they need to get points, they find a way to dig down Carlson, uh, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs. They find a way to, to really get through it. And another reason, and this is not my ultimate reason, but it does play a part is I do believe in rust. I do believe when players sit out that one game before the playoffs, even if they set out a couple, even if they only play a couple snaps, they have more advantage. That rust is hard to knock off initially. It's just the game is so fast. The Raiders were pl- the Raiders have been playing playoff football all, for all these weeks. You know, they, their playoff football started weeks ago, so they're going to be coming with their A game. And now the Bengals are going to have to reset after basically playing a scrimmage last game. Yeah, I I consider that as well, no doubt, uh, especially with the extra game. In the NFL, I think we saw, you know, more teams than ever have their practice squads out there. And I think yeah. there's a lot to be said for the Raiders who have been fighting for their playoff lives, as you said, the entire second half of the year. And they didn't stop. The Bengals rested everybody last week. So, it, you know, how are they going to come out, you know, after having the week off when they were so hot and yeah. playing so well? Um, and don't forget that Joe Burrow was turnover prone this year. So as good as he played in those two, you know, in, in, in his last two starts, you know, with the week of rest, it, it's a to see how he's going to come out now if he comes out and looks how he did against the Chiefs and the Ravens the Raiders are in trouble but yep I got a field goal win here so what's next up next we have the New England Patriots taking on the Buffalo Bills the Bills are a four-point favorite 815 Saturday kick I'm going to start this one off 
I think this is one is tough for me where I can make plenty of excuses. I could say all this stuff about how great of a coach Bill Belichick is. I was watching that New England Patriots game firsthand, and I know they had nothing to play for because the Bills weren't losing to the Jets, but that did not look like a team who was ready to roll into the playoffs. Division game, whatever. This is a division game. I'm going with the Bills minus four. Listen, in their last 15 games, they're 9-4-2 and two against the spread. Josh Allen is playing some amazing football. Right now, the weather is supposed to be zero degrees. As long as it's not a blizzard, I think the Bills easily cover this because it would take a lot of Josh Allen mistakes and a lot of Josh McDaniels game planning to have the Patriots get a big enough lead where if the Bills win, and I'm saying the Bills win this game regardless, if the Bills don't win by four or more, I think that four is a safe number. When you start getting to four and a half, you're not as safe because I could see this being like a 20 to 24 victory maybe. Uh, Low scoring, a lot of running, but man, Josh Allen is a dynamic quarterback, and I think that that makes this team very scary. Yeah, this is my second best bet of the weekend. I am all over the Buffalo Bills here, minus four. You did mention the sub-zero temperatures, but uh, I don't think we're getting snow. Uh, No, I haven't seen any yet. No howling winds this time around. Josh Allen's going to have his passing game. And last game, uh, in their last meeting, threw for 300 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, uh, you know, Mac Jones had... Uh, pockets this year where he was playing really good football, but the Patriots ended the season one and three against the spread. Uh, the Bills ended the season three zero and one against the spread, and this is yeah. a big statement game for the Buffalo Bills, who lost to Tom Brady and the Patriots year after year, and now they get them at home, uh, where I think the Patriots are nine and one in their last ten trips to Buffalo. This is a big statement for the Buffalo Bills franchise to get this win in the playoffs over the Patriots at home. And I think four is a low enough number where I'm, I'm I'm all over that cover. I think it's a touchdown victory for the Bills. No, I'm glad you said that because even though I have my projected score at 20 to, four, 20 to four, I think that's like our floor. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills just go out and embarrass them. Yeah, and, same. And Mac Jones is getting sacked and pressured because he has to drop back and pass. I just don't see enough enough from that offense. Damian, Damian Harris's carries is set at 14 and a half. And I think it's set at 14 and a half. Not because they think that they're going to take the lead and run the ball the entire game. I think it's set at 14 and a half because that offense is going to have to kind of, I hate to say this because he's a great quarterback, but baby him into the game. It's his first playoff start. It's his first, remember how Josh Allen was in his first playoff start? Like he yep. pretty much lost the game for the Bills. And those things happen. But I think Josh Allen's going to become a man possessed. Don't be surprised if you see. Uh, the Bills rep- representing the AFC in the in the championship. D- do not be surprised. Yep, I, I've, I've been feeling that same way. I've been thinking about this all day. Uh, you know, as to who I think is is able to make a run, and I, you know, I think with, with with Josh Allen, there's no doubt that he's able to make that playoff run. And there is something to be said for a quarterback making his first career start in the playoffs. We have it with Joe Burrow yeah. with the Bengals. We have it here with Mac Jones and the Patriots, and we have it coming up with Jalen Hurts. There's a lot to be said for quarterbacks making their first career playoff start and Josh Allen's got plenty of playoff experience um I think this is an easy cover all right let's go ahead and move into Sunday we've got the Philadelphia Eagles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the one o'clock kick I'll go ahead and start here because this is my favorite bet of the weekend I'm going Tampa Bay Buccaneers here minus eight the line opened here at minus 10 uh you and I were talking about this a little bit earlier uh you know it could have moved in that direction because of injuries uh because public money seems to be all over Tampa Bay but this is a situation where I'm going with the public here if you look at the Eagles schedule they ended their season 
with two games against the Giants, two games against Washington, the Jets, and then they rested all their starters against the Cowboys. They they have not played any quality competition going down the stretch here. And with Jalen Hurts making his playoff debut against Tom Brady on the road in Tampa Bay, I think that it's advantage Tampa Bay. I know about the injuries. I'm going to put that aside for now. I don't want that to scare me off from taking a line that I think is very favorable. Tampa Bay ended the season 6-2 and two against the spread, only allowing 17.6 points per game. What they're going to do is they're going to force Jalen Hurts to throw him, uh, to beat him with his arm. All right? They're going to shut down the run. Uh, Tampa Bay, only allowing 92.5 rushing yards per game. They're one of the best rush defenses in the NFL. And that's kind of where the Eagles' season took a turn is when they yeah. started using Jalen Hurts on the ground. I think they shut him down. I think this could be a blowout victory for the Buccaneers. I'm all over this one. Listen, I'm on the Buccaneers as well. And the first thing that you see is this is probably the funkiest line that we will see, but I'm not going to buy into the funkiness. The Eagles didn't beat a winning team all season. They have the second lowest sack total in the NFL. And you know, the teams that the Bucks struggled against this year were teams with elite defenses who got a ton of pressure. Like we'll give an example, like the saints when the saints beat us, or even as bad as that Washington defense has been in that game, they were getting a lot of pressure. The jets were doing well and Jets are still a good defensive team in pass protection. Yeah. Uh, week Eagles. one against the Cowboys front seven, Brady yeah. two picks in that game. Eagles are, the Eagles don't have that. The Bucks in the last eight games uh, went seven and one, six and two against the spread. I actually have, uh, so I'm counting this as a 10 point spread because that's what it opened up, right? I'm going to say the stat twice on here. Um, this stat, home teeds favored by 10 or more in wildcard weekend are, are five and zero oh against the spread. Five and zero oh against the spread in wildcard weekend by 10 or more home teams. I think the Bucks go out there and they fly. I think they destroy. I saw... Uh, one of the Eagles defensive coordinators say something like Tom Brady's a trained killer. You think Tom Brady cares that they're having a lackluster performance against the jets that game, two games away from two games yeah. a, away from the playoffs, a game they know they're going to win that they just have to stay in it. He doesn't care, man. This is the stuff he lives for the playoffs. Don't think about Philly. Philly. Don't forget about Philly, Philly. You know, that's on his mind too. I'm back right, in the box like minus eight. All right, we're three for three. I'm really curious about the next one. What do we got? Oh, my God. The San Francisco 49ers and Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys are a three-point favorite. The line has plummeted down. I can't overthink this. I can't. I have to take the Cowboys. Surprisingly, I, look, I like looking at DVOA ratings. It has the 49ers as a better DVOA offense of team, but only by one ranking and right behind his Cowboys Cowboys get this game at home I think the Cowboys go out there and they put up a great performance America's team actually has hope they have hope to win this I don't think that the 49ers are there entirely yet but they've made leaps and bounds and strides and I think the only reason that it's a three-point game is because we have Shanahan on the other side that's it he's going to do enough to keep them in the game but Dallas is just has too much offensive firepower and they're finally starting to get healthy. Their offensive line is starting to get healthy, which is a huge bonus for them to be able to run the ball with their double headed monster. They're not so healthy in, in the wide receiver room, but guess what? They have four wide receivers who could start on any team in the NFL. 
I think three points is fair. I, I think it's totally fair, and I'm going to back it. Yeah, I'm all over the Cowboys here. Uh, again, I'm not going to overthink this one. I want to talk about the Cowboys for a second. Yes. They are minus three. You and I like to say, I mean, especially in the playoffs and a home game, that seems like a pick to me. So yeah. with Cowboys minus three, I don't think that, that they lose this game. I think they get to the next round. You know, the Cowboys have had their playoff demons. Uh, but when you look at this team, it's everything you want in a playoff team to make yeah. it run in the playoffs. You've got a Super Bowl winning coach. You've got an MVP caliber quarterback in Dak Prescott with two of the best receivers in the league in Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb. You've also got a running game that's been lackluster, but as you said, getting healthier on the offensive line. And then over on the defensive side, you've got Micah Parsons, who is already one of the best defensive players in the NFL. And don't forget about Trayvon Diggs. Two elite playmakers, one in the secondary, one in the front seven. The Cowboys, man. I know we talk about these guys a lot, but they they were my preseason pick to win the NFC. I've got a shiny futures ticket that the Cowboys are getting to the Super Bowl. And I'm feeling pretty good about it right now because I think everything's coming together for them. Uh, And I think the 49ers is a pretty favorable first-round matchup. The last time they were in the playoffs, they had to play Russell Wilson and the Seahawks at home in the first round. That was a tough draw. They ended up winning that game. I think this is much easier, even with Jimmy G playing a little bit better. Um, I just think there's no comparison to Dak Prescott right now, especially you know after coming off throwing five touchdowns. I don't care that it was against uh, the Scrubs. Uh, he still threw for five touchdowns in, in that game, so there's no rust for the Cowboys no, right now. No. What do we have next? All right, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs. The Chiefs are 12.5-point favorites. I'm just going to say, first of all, I am staying as far away from this game as I possibly can. I usually wouldn't say that openly on the podcast, <laughs> but there's no way in hell. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you where I would go if you really want some action on Sunday night. It's too many points. I, I'm actually going to go with the Steelers here, plus 12.5, and, and I did go back and forth on this one. But the Steelers just fought for their playoff lives. I don't know how they got in, but – their defense is actually playing pretty well. And I go back to the, the last matchup with the Steelers and the Chiefs where the Chiefs beat them 36 to 10. This was only yeah. a few weeks ago. But, but you got to keep in mind that TJ Watt was very limited in that game. I think he only played like 50, 55% of the snaps. He is 100%. And somehow the Steelers fumbled it five times in that game. So we know that's <laughs> not going to happen again. Uh, the Chiefs defense, not playing great. They've given up 56 points in the last two games. Uh, they, you know, they were carved up by Joe Burrow. Didn't play well against the Broncos. So for 12 and a half, I'll take the Steelers. Listen, this is the biggest underdog Mike Tomlin or Ben Roethlisberger have ever been in the playoffs. Want to know on the other side of the ball in the playoffs since 2011, double digit favorites are seven and one against the spread. This is probably the most public bet game by the Steelers and the most heavy money, second most heavy money on the Chiefs. Like you said, I wouldn't touch this with a five-foot pole, but since I'm going to bet on every single game for the rest of the playoffs, I'm backing the Chiefs minus 12 and a half. All right. Listen, we know T.J. Watt in the record, and we know that the Steelers have 55 sacks on the season. But are we going to sit here and really think that the Steelers – will do enough offensively to keep up in this game. When they played the Steelers last time, they didn't have um, Travis Kelsey. And now Travis Kelsey's finally on fire. He's been dormant all season. I'm just going to take – I hate taking this many points. But it, for me, if I'm going to get my degenerate on, I would rather sweat the Chiefs winning this game by 21 points than realistically think that – crusty big Ben in his 19 points per game is going to be able to keep up with the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's put it this way. 
Mm-hmm. If you're betting on the Steelers, it's not that you're betting that the Steelers' offense keeps up. It's you're betting that their defense shuts down the Chiefs enough to give the Steelers an opportunity. And I don't want to do that. Um, I think that their defense has finally come down to earth from everyone's expectations where they really thought this defense was a, a stout defense to now it's more like they got TJ Watt, they got Hayward, great players, good future. Yeah. Good future in their defense, but this is Kansas city, man. I think they, they go out here, they dominate this game, chalk it up, get some rest for their young guy, get some rest for their key players for late, late in the game. And it's curtains for big Ben. The only thing that scares me for the Steelers is, they have absolutely nothing to lose. There was like a 5% chance they made to the playoffs last week, and they did. So that does scare me. But, hell, if the Steelers cover, I sure as hell hope they win the damn game. What are we doing with these two versus seven matchups? Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, like I'm, I'm all for more football, but come on now. I mean, you got the Steelers in the AC. You got the Eagles limping in uh, <laughs> over on the other side in the NFC. Uh, I don't know, man. It's gross. It's garbage. It's Place terrible. Place your bed down and let it fly. Um, let's go ahead to Monday night. This is exciting. We got the Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams. This is a hell of a matchup. Uh, the Rams are minus four. I'll let you start on this one. Miles, I don't know how many times I've – so when I make my picks, I, I do my analysis to make my picks. I highlight it with a yellow highlighter on the team I'm going with. And then when we do the podcast, I highlight it. If you are on yellow as well, I go on the main board. I do yellow. If you are not on it, then I do blue. So I know which side we're on. Miles, I've – Erase this highlighter at least six times because my my gut, my heart, my everything is telling me, you got to be smart, Brad. You got to back the Cardinals. You can't beat a team three in one season. But I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Rams. Listen, despite being difficult to beat a team three times and covering at the four points could be a challenge, the Arizona Cardinals don't lack enough downfield creativity for me to think they are actually going to pose a problem for the Rams. Without DeAndre Hopkins, this team has looked abysmal. And it's kind of makes me wonder if like Cliff is like starting to reconsider this whole NFL thing, you know, like they they had a seven game win streak during the season. Then they started getting banged up. And it made me think, was it just because they had so much talent is why they were so good or what, or was Cliff getting figured out? I think that if we have to do a battle of the powerful coaches, McVay versus Kingsbury, I'm going McVay 10 out of 10 times. I think that the Rams, they can finally breathe a sigh of relief because this is the moment that they've played all season for was finally getting into the playoffs with Matthew Stafford. They knew that what they, they knew what their defense was capable of. They knew their limitations with Jared Goff. Now they have Matthew Stafford who, I'm a little quick side note. He's been terrible throwing a pick in almost every single game, but they know that they have a quarterback they can rely on to win football games. I'm going with the Rams minus four. I hate that I'm doing it, but I, I just can't get behind the Cardinals. I think that they have potential to get blown out. Yeah, uh, I went through the same emotions uh, as you did in picking this game, and we're on the same side for this one as well. I'm feeling really good about the Rams here, minus four. And for this one, I'm going more so with history, as you said. Near impossible to beat a team three times. Yeah. You're looking at Sean McVay. Since he took over as the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams, 8-1-1 one, and one against the spread against the Cardinals. 8-1-1 <laughs> one, and one against the spread. He owns 
the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> He's their and daddy. now we're talking about Sean McVay in the playoffs, which we know that Sean McVay is a good playoff coach. We've seen it before. And Arizona, finishing the season 1-4 against a spread, gives me no confidence that they can come in here and cover the spread, especially on the road, Yeah, uh, you know, in, in the new stadium. Uh, it's going to be hopping in there. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I feel good about it. Yeah. But, but here's the thing. Stafford, he can't lose the game. And what yes. I mean by that is just play your – let the talent around you. You literally have Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, Van Jefferson, Odell Beckham. These right. are receivers that can do yeah. all the work for you. So many stars on defense. Just Aaron don't make mistakes. I mean, he oh – uh, I think it's tied Ramsey. for the league lead in interception. He – so many pick sixes in the back half of the season. He cannot do that in this game. As long as Stafford just stays within himself, don't make any mistakes, Rams get out of here with an easy win. I still think that the Rams have a legitimate shot to win the, the Super Bowl. I do too. Uh, you know, and I was actually just thinking about this today because I was thinking about Sean McVay's last Super Bowl run where he got there with Jared Goff. I mean, if you can get yeah. there with Jared Goff, you can get there with anybody. Uh, yeah. So never count the Rams out, especially just so much talent. You know, have they looked like the best team in the NFC this year? No. Uh, I mean, there's a reason that the Packers are the number one seed. There's a reason that Tom Brady and the Bucks are number two. But yeah. the Rams can absolutely take the NFC. Uh, the You know, the, the NFC is loaded. I think the winner of the Super Bowl comes out of the NFC. I do too. Um, but, at, you know, at, at this point, I'm not really ready to make that official Super Bowl pick. But Because there's so many teams that, that, that <laughs> so I, many teams. You know, in the NFC that I think can legitimately win it. The Rams are one of them. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. I'll see you next week for the second round. <laughs> Guys, thanks for listening to What's the Spread podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you press the like and subscribe button. Be sure to download the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or however else you get your podcasts. Best of luck.